Good morning. It's Sunday, May 10th. Happy Mother's Day. We're gathered together again in this virtual way as we're all staying home to do our part in mitigating the effects of the COVID-19 pandemic. We'll be following the same pattern of worship we've been using throughout these weeks. You can download a PDF of that worship folder on our website to print off and use at home, or you can simply follow along as the words are displayed on your screen today. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not be in want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He restores my soul. He guides me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For you are with me, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil, my cup overflows. Surely goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Let us pray. O God, you desire not the death of sinners, but rather that we turn from our wickedness and live. Graciously behold your people who plead to you and spare us. Withdraw the scourge of your wrath and be moved in mercy to turn away this pestilence from us. For the sake of Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Today we're hearing the word of God from John chapter 10. Jesus said, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. The hired hand is not the shepherd and does not own the sheep. So when he sees the wolf coming, he abandons the sheep and runs away. Then the wolf attacks the flock and scatters it. The man runs away because he is a hired hand and cares nothing for the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep and my sheep know me just as the father knows me and I know the father and I lay down my life for the sheep. I have other sheep that are not of this sheep pen. I must bring them also. They too will listen to my voice, and there shall be one flock and one shepherd. The reason my father loves me is that I lay down my life only to take it up again. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down of my own accord. I have authority to lay it down and authority to take it up again. This command I received from my father. Just about everyone knows and loves the sayings of Jesus recorded in today's gospel from John chapter 10. And why not? Jesus is the shepherd, we are the sheep. We sing, I am Jesus' little lamb. We love Psalm 23. And we often enjoy softly painted scenes of idyllic peace that we can put on our walls in our homes. This text can seem very cute and cuddly. But today I'd like to suggest that if cute and cuddly is all that you and I have understood from this famous saying of Jesus, then you and I are maybe missing something about what makes this metaphor of sheep and shepherd so rich in meaning. You see, Jesus did not pick this image because it's cute and cuddly. In his day, no one would have heard this and said, oh, that's that's so sweet. More than likely, they'd have said, huh, interesting. That's because the work of shepherding was anything but peaceful and idyllic. It was rough and tumble kind of work. 
Nevertheless, Jesus said, I am the good shepherd, and he meant it. So when we take the meaning of this metaphor, get a little more detail about it, and then take it to heart, we get to see Jesus showing the difference that a shepherd makes for his sheep. And perhaps we can grasp that difference even more so now that we're living through dark and difficult times. Now the problem for me in preaching on a text like this is pretty simple. I've never been a shepherd before. It's not my vocation. I don't even know any shepherds. So that means that you and I, we have to rely on historical records of what shepherding was like in Jesus' day and on contemporary accounts of people in parts of the world where shepherding is still a common vocation. And when we do that, what we find is that of all the relationships between a master and his animals, it's the relationship between the shepherd and the sheep that is the most comprehensive. Now, I've been to a cattle ranch before, and I know that no one watches cattle all day and all night. The cattle are allowed often to roam freely for sometimes days at a time. I've also seen beehives all over the hills of Fallbrook, as have you, and I know that no one watches the bees day and night. They go about their business without as much tending as some other animals. I used to live next door to a lot of poultry, and you could hear them day and night, but no one was watching them all day and night. But sheep, sheep need complete and constant attention from their shepherds. That's, in fact, why there were shepherds out watching sheep in the middle of the night on the first Christmas. It's because they had to. People don't like sleeping in fields if they can avoid it, but shepherds had to. But why? Why do sheep need such comprehensive and complete attention from the shepherd? Well, the answer is not really a compliment when we consider what Jesus is saying today. Experienced shepherds tend to say that sheep are probably the most helpless of all the domesticated animals. One shepherd even observed that when you released most animals, they do one of two things. On the one hand, some will run like wild, just like the the stallion released from his stable. Some, on the other hand, will work tirelessly to find their way back home. So some run free, others work their way back home, but sheep just get lost in a way that dogs and cats just don't. They follow each other around, which means they lose their direction almost instantly. They just turn into this jumbled mess as they all go about their different ways, but also following one another. So are you starting to see the point Jesus is making? There's an unflattering implication to the whole picture here. The difference a shepherd makes for his sheep is life and death. Sheep are easy prey without the shepherd. They can't find their way without the shepherd. They can't survive without the shepherd. Of course, Jesus doesn't mean that you literally can't find your way from your house to the store, uh, that, you, that you can't tell the difference between danger and safety. He's not saying that, but he is making a very pointed spiritual application that you and I have a certain sheepness to us, which is a certain lostness. And our lostness isn't the kind that warrants a shrug and an aw shucks or a how cute, nor is it necessarily all about whether you are in the Christian church or not. What he's saying is that all human beings are like sheep, and all human beings are prone to wander. They're lost. We are lost by our very nature, and here's how. If you observe the world around you with a keen eye and you listen with open ears, you will discover that today's most prominent worldview that cuts across all political aisles is that that the ultimate power and authority of anything rests in the individual.
in me. Of course, we all know the hot button issues where this plays out from outright assertions that a man is a woman or that, living, that a living human being is nothing more than a bundle of tissue or that marriage is just a contract and nothing more. But really, it's not too terribly surprising that our culture has arrived at this point because virtually everyone has adopted the underlying assumption that at our core, we are basically individuals And maybe we make various agreements when it's mutually beneficial to us, and we can break them when the benefits stop flowing to us. But in the end, it's really about me and my autonomy, my self-rule. That no one has any obligation to me, and I have no obligation to them. I mean, why else do phrases like follow your heart, or chase your dreams, or you do you, or live your passion, why do those kinds of phrases sound so familiar? Who of us hasn't thought, you know, it doesn't matter what other people think of me. All that matters is what I think of me. To even suggest that you, that you not live your passion or that you not follow your heart or that you not do it your way, it's considered a kind of modern heresy. But can you see the problem with this? Imagine a person who wants to play football for the L.A. Rams. It's his passion, it's his dream, it's his identity to play football. The only problem is he's actually quite terrible at it. Nevertheless, every year for 10 years, he's arrived at camp for open tryouts. It's cost him his livelihood, his relationships. It's cost him everything to follow his dream. And all the while he says, it doesn't matter what the coaches think. It doesn't matter what family or friends or my my employer thinks about this. All that matters is what I think. And I know I'm a great football player. Even if everyone says I'm not, I know I am. Now, that man has a great self-image. He's very autonomous. He's got very high self-esteem. He's a rebel, but he's also on the verge of insanity. The problem is this. You can't follow yourself. Yet the idea that I lead myself and that I choose what's best for myself is arguably the most cherished belief in our culture. And Jesus says in this text that our most cherished trait is actually the greatest sign of our sheepness of our lostness. That's tough. The fruits of our sheepness, of our lostness, are easy to see. What happens is this. When everything in life is ultimately personal, then everything is ultimately disposable. Marriages suffer because at every conflict, there's a thought that says, you know, I could just get a better version of you if I wanted. Unmarried people suffer because of the relentless grind of a hookup culture that says, "If, if it's not you, I can find another person. Communities suffer. Because people come and go based almost entirely on whether they can make more money here or somewhere else. Even the church suffers. As people go shopping around so they can transition to the church body, they hope reveals their true self. And right now, as we grow more and more frustrated with the calamity that has come upon us in this difficult time, it seems there's a similar danger growing. People who value their autonomy, their self-rule, over and above the needs of their neighbor always have a hard time accepting unchosen obligations. But a national crisis puts upon us obligations we, you know, never signed up for. In our sheepness, we're tempted to simply do what we think is best for us on the simple and entirely common, up till now, rationale that said, well, that's how I lived my life before this pandemic, so that's how I'll live my life during the pandemic. This is, of course, just the stuff that's easy to see these days. There's always the internal conflict that we suffer through as well. 
Our sheep-like desire to follow ourselves is why we suffer anxiety and fear of rejection. It's why we're always trying to measure ourselves against others. It's why we find identity in politics or sports or whatever it might be. And the list could go on. We could spend a lot of time discussing all the ways that our relentless quest for autonomy has harmed our loved ones, weakened our churches, sabotaged our culture, and even resulted in unspeakable evil in our society. My encouragement to you is to meditate this week on where you are the most prone to follow yourself. In fact, it might be good for you to ask someone you trust about it. Because frankly, the ways we follow ourselves are often invisible to us because, well, we're following ourselves. We're caught up in ourselves. But for now, let's recognize the tough implication of what Jesus is teaching in John 10. The prophet Isaiah said it many centuries before Jesus. He said, we all like sheep have gone astray. Each of us has turned to our own way. When we follow ourselves, we go astray and we are lost. We're like sheep, and that's not a compliment. In fact, in reality, it's quite bad news. But this is where the shepherd enters, and not just any shepherd, the good shepherd, the shepherd who makes all the difference. Jesus comes to us, and he finds us, and he rescues us from following ourselves to inevitable destruction, and he brings us into the only flock where human beings can really actually have the true fulfillment they were meant to enjoy, the true kind of freedom they were meant to enjoy, that is to live to the fullness of the, the, the morality and the virtue and the calling that God has given them. Now, the thing is, to rescue a sheep, that was rough stuff. Shepherds say that when you finally find a lost sheep, it's not like when you find a lost dog. You know how lost dogs act when they're found? The dog wags its tail and it looks up at you adoringly as if to say, Oh, master, I missed you so much. Thank you for finding me. No, apparently when a shepherd finds a sheep, the sheep just books it, runs away, splits. And well, the only way to get the thing back is to tackle it. And when you've tackled it, you have to basically hogtie the thing so it doesn't keep running away. Then and only then can you pick it up and carry it on your shoulders to the pasture where it belongs. What's interesting, though, is that's exactly what it looked like when you got a sheep ready for slaughter. You'd knock it down, tie it up, and carry it off to its death. Yet we are not carried off to our death for all of our lostness. Jesus is the good shepherd, which means there's never a moment of fear that, that, that he's come to do that to us, to carry us away for our slaughter. Why is that? It's because the good shepherd is also the lamb. Jesus says he is the only one with the authority to control his life, He lays it down for the sheep, and he takes it up again for them as well. I mean, how else do you get to have what Psalm 23 says we have? Why does our cup overflow? Because his was empty. Why do we have comfort in the valley of death? Because he had none. Why are we led to green pastures? Because he was led to the slaughter. On the cross, when Jesus died, he fulfilled the ancient prophecy that a lamb would pay for the iniquity of us all. Just as Isaiah said, we all like sheep have gone astray. Each of us has turned to our own way and the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. The sinful self-service that defines our lives, the Lord Jesus has paid for that in full. And now he prepares a table for you 
And you start to see that the Good Shepherd, this great Lord and Redeemer, is also your friend. Keep that in mind as you go about your week today and in the days to come. Jesus is still your shepherd, and that still makes all the difference in the world. He's a good shepherd, not a good guide, which means he doesn't just send you out into the world with a map while he kicks up his heels to see how it turns out. No, he's with you every moment of your life, just as a shepherd is. He cannot leave you alone. And all the foolish paths that you follow time and time again, as well as all the evil that befalls you day in and day out, well, he graciously weaves that into his plan to prosper you forever. If you want nothing to do with that, then by all means, follow your heart, chase your dreams, and live your passion. Follow yourself. Continue to follow yourself for the momentary relief it offers, but be prepared for the agony of living outside the flock forever. Truth is, you can't follow yourself and Jesus at the same time because both ways lead in opposite directions. You and I, though, have been called to follow the Good Shepherd, and his way is is good just as he is, for he's the one who makes all the difference in life and in death. God give you peace as you live in the pastures of the Good Shepherd. Amen. We'll now continue with the prayer of the church. As newborn infants who long for the pure spiritual milk, so let us come before the Lord, seeking his mercy with confidence that his grace be sufficient for all our needs. Almighty Father, everlasting God, your Son has revealed you to us as a merciful Lord. Give to us your Holy Spirit, that we may believe in him whom you have sent, and do the greater works he has told us we will do in his name. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Lord God, you have promised to build up your church to be a holy priesthood, that your people might offer the spiritual sacrifices of praise and thanksgiving acceptable to you. Bless your church and bring all congregations back together again. Bless all pastors who proclaim Christ to us. Bless all church workers and those preparing for full-time church vocations, that your church may be supplied with faithful leaders and servants of your word. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Holy God, your power brought all things into being, and still you preserve what you have made. Bless our President, the Congress of these United States, our Governor, and all elected and appointed civil servants, so that they may honor you and your purpose, establishing order and justice, encouraging virtue, and protecting all life. Give wisdom to them in their leadership for the well-being of the nation. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. O merciful Father, you have compassion upon the sick and those in need and have promised not to ignore them in their afflictions. Turn back the pandemic across the globe and give us relief. Bless the sick with healing, those who suffer with strength and patience, and the dying with peace. Hear us on behalf of those we name in our heart this day. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Gracious God, you have established the home and bless those who show us your love. Bless all mothers and the children in their care. Bless all families and make their homes places of blessing and love where your word is spoken, forgiveness reigns, and love is displayed. Give us good examples to inspire youth to all that is good and pure and to seek after these things. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Heavenly Father, you have given us the wisdom of faith that through the Spirit we might know your Son to be the way, the truth, and the life. Bless all those who teach, 
and all who learn, that the goal of our knowledge may be to know Christ and to make him known. Do not let your word be bound, but let it have free course among us. Preserve those in isolation from idleness, and instead let our minds be renewed in scripture and prayer. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Compassionate Father, you are not aloof from the needs of this body and life, and you have called us to love our neighbor in need and give aid to the poor. Give us courage and faith that we may not fear sharing the resources you have supplied with those who live in want, especially the widow, the orphan, and the unemployed. Let love be perfected among us to drive out selfish fears. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Eternal Father of an eternal mercy, you have raised up witnesses in every age and blessed us with those who endured suffering and even death in faithfulness to Christ. We give you thanks for these faithful saints and martyrs, and we pray you to make us strong when we face the day of test, that at length we may be brought with them into the joy of your presence and the glory of everlasting life. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. We praise you, God, for your goodness in hearing the prayers of your people and granting us confidence to approach your throne of mercy. Hear us now in the name of and for the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord, through whom, with whom, and in whom, in the unity of the Holy Spirit, all honor and glory is yours, Almighty Father, both now and forevermore. Amen. The Lord's Prayer. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord look on you with favor and give you peace. Amen. Our stay-at-home worship concludes with the hymn, I Am Jesus, Little Lamb. God bless you today and in the week to come, and the peace of Jesus be with you all.